I always knew I'd have kids. I just never intended to become a mother. I'm Dr. Lee Birch, and this is the Rockstar Parent Podcast. I'm a chiropractor, educator, life coach, and mom, although not necessarily in that order. Everyone has their own journey into motherhood. This podcast is devoted to telling my story and sharing what I've found to be successful along the way. Episode 24, How to Be Your Kid's Safe Space, Even If You Didn't Realize That You Were. Imagine, if you will, you're sitting in the pickup line at the middle school. You see your seventh grade daughter walking toward your car with a group of her friends. They're laughing and talking and no doubt making plans to reconnect on their phones the minute they part ways physically. You smile because your daughter looks so happy and you begin to anticipate the moment she jumps into your car and shares all the wonderful things that happened to her today with you. The car door opens. She says goodbye to her friends. She closes the door and you, sucked into the positive emotions of the moment, fall into the trap of asking, how was your day? It's as if the air has just been sucked out of the car. As your daughter turns to you, her sweet expression quickly turning into what kids these days refer to as salty, accompanied with the characteristic eye roll. And she says something like, it was awful, like worst day ever. Now, your confusion as to what to say next is understandable. You're not actually sure what just happened in the few seconds that elapsed between her walking toward the car and actually getting into the car. Your mind might even replay the tape. I mean, she appeared happy. Wasn't she happy? What happened? Clearly, she's not happy now. Well, if this is one of the first times that this has happened to you as a parent, you might actually say something like, oh, I had no idea. I mean, you look so happy when you were talking with your friends. Rookie mistake right there. I mean, once you have a little more experience with this scenario, you do realize that there's basically nothing you can say next that's going to change things at this point. You know, you might feel compelled to want to reassure her with saying something like, oh, come on, it can't be that bad. Or you might even feel like you want to remind her to keep things in perspective in life. So you say something like, well, I bet there were more good things than bad things that happened to you today if you really think about it. And you might try to make her laugh or you may even just change the subject and move on, which, by the way, that actually doesn't help either because it's not uncommon for seventh grade girls to really want to keep the subject focused on themselves. Whatever you do, though, do not begin telling her about a bad day you had when you were in seventh grade and try to compare it to her day. 
scorched earth is the only result that happens from that response. There's just not enough time in the car ride between the school and your house to do the damage control that's required after that. Well, so the question is, what do you do when that happens? And honestly, there are a lot of answers I can tell you that don't work. And only one answer that I found that does work. And that is, forget your confusion at the conflicting clues before you. Snap right into the moment and realize you are a safe space for your daughter. Now let's define what a safe space is because it's a phrase that has come up a lot in recent years. Some define a safe space as an actual space, like a corner of a room in your kid's classroom at school or even an entire room altogether. Many try to make their homes a safe space for their families. Well, no matter how big it is or what its location, a safe space is a place you can go to feel, well, safe. And by safe, we mean both physically and emotionally. The research on this subject is clear. Stressed out, anxious, worried kids aren't in an optimum state for learning or thriving or even flourishing. A safe space is a space they can go to calm down and recharge so that they are ready to engage in the world again. You know, 20 years ago as a parent, we didn't have this terminology of safe space in our vocabulary, but the concept was still clearly understood. In fact, way back in 1943, a psychologist by the name of Abraham Maslow published a paper called A Theory of Human Motivation, in which he said that people have five basic categories of needs. And those needs must be satisfied in a particular order. The theory states that the needs at the most basic level must be met before we can move on to addressing the needs at a higher level. And the most basic need level Maslow defined was physiologic needs, which can include things like oxygen, food, shelter, and sleep. And we all know that when we are hungry, it can be difficult to concentrate on anything else except finding something to eat. And we can, in fact, be very irritable to be around when we're like this. There's even a word for it, right? Hangry. Well, it's real. And we also know that when we're tired, we don't feel incredibly motivated to clean our house or especially get into deep conversations about the meaning of the universe and our place within it. So this concept isn't new to us as individuals, and it's also very familiar to us as parents also. I'm pretty sure that's why diaper bags are filled with snacks and we make our plans around our kids' nap times. Those needs must be met adequately for the family to be able to do anything else successfully. Well, the next category of needs in Maslow's hierarchy is safety. This includes everything from physical safety to emotional stability. 
and some might argue that this need is even more pronounced in children. The thought here is that without a safe and secure environment, a child cannot develop properly. In everyday terms, if they don't feel safe, they're in survival mode and consequently unable to consider using their precious resources on subjects like learning to solve math problems or analyzing poetry structure. Because if you don't feel safe, the relative importance of math and poetry analyzation are just so low in comparison. As a former college educator, I definitely put this concept into practice in my classroom. I tried to create a more relaxed atmosphere during lectures and lab periods, even though the subject matter was serious. I created room to ask questions. There was time to discuss topics that were more complex at a pace that was flexible within the structure of my lectures. I made sure to convey to my students that the door to my office was always open for additional questions or clarification as needed. I attempted to learn my students' names, and in some of the classes I taught, which were in a laboratory setting, I was able to actually walk around between lab groups and smile and reassure the students that they were perfectly capable of completing the assignment in front of them, even if it felt difficult. I strongly believed that students learned most effectively when they were relaxed and feeling confident, as opposed to stressed out and feeling inadequate. So to apply the concept of this second category to parenting, let's say when our children know they are safe and provided for within their families, they are more likely to not just grow and develop normally, but we've also given them the opportunity to thrive and flourish. It's no longer about survival and it's the best gift we can give our kids. Can you see that when our kids' basic needs are provided for in a manner that they don't have to think about them, when they're not worrying about where their next meal is coming from or if they have appropriate clothing for the weather, and when they have the reassurance that they're safe physically and supported emotionally, can you see that they can focus their time and energy on learning, exploring, developing, and in real terms, they can live their best lives. But let's go back into the car with this mom and the seventh grade girl. So how does this concept of Maslow's hierarchy and safe spaces apply here? And more importantly, how can it help this mom know what to say or do next? Well, I picked a teenage girl for this example because they have a bit of a reputation of having very powerful emotions which can cycle at warp speeds. And there's actually a lot of research out there into this topic, and it's not just as simple as explaining it with, well, it must be hormones talking. And I'm not going to go into the complexities here about why the emotion cycling happens, but let's focus instead on what to do when it happens. And since teenage girls might be our most complex example, we know that if we can figure out how to handle this scenario, odds are we can also handle the toddler temper tantrum because honestly, they're pretty similar. The real question here you're asking is, 
how can a child be so dang pleasant to everyone at school all day have amazing grades and tons of friends and get that comment on their report card that every parent loves to see this student is a pleasure to have in class how can your child be that person and also a complete bear to her mom at home well it's an easy one you are her safe space now it might feel that you're more like a punching bag in some moments and it's not very pleasant but honestly it's a compliment and it means you're doing a lot of things right the good news is that in this particular circumstance the pressure is actually off of you to say anything in fact saying nothing is probably the best response in the ride home from school scenario she needs to vent in a safe space to a safe person and she has chosen you this process is so important for our kids because it's an integral piece of learning emotional regulation which is a topic i want to talk about in more detail in a later episode but at its core, it's about moving kids from being upset to calm to resolution very capably and teaching them how to do it themselves ultimately. But it's this concept of safe spaces that allow a child to go from upset to calm. And in this case, the safe space isn't necessarily a space at all but it's a person and very commonly that person is the child's parent have you ever faced a situation that was stressful for you maybe even overwhelming for you and could have had potentially tragic or very far-reaching consequences but you handled it like a pro you did what needed to be done in the moment and everything turned out fine. Now, after the situation passes, you then see a friend or your spouse in either way, a familiar face and the tears just begin to spill out. You might even think to yourself, I don't know why I'm crying now because it's all over, but there you are. You're in the presence of a person who helps you feel safe. And letting the stress of the situation go, you are, in essence, emotionally exhaling and calm is returning. I mean, it might catch you off guard that that happens, but it's also incredibly wonderful to have the opportunity to process what just happened to you in an environment that is also supportive to you. What a gift. And that is what we can be for our kids, too. We can be their safe person. In fact, I truly believe it's our duty to be that for them. And it is about love, but there are also some specific things you can put in place in your relationship with your kids that helps anchor in this role in their lives. First, you need to learn to control your own responses when your children share information with you. Now this is huge. 
How many kids are going to invite you into their lives if all you do, at least in their minds, is freak out when they do? Or even worse, if their perception is that when they share things with you, that you are judging them. Now, notice I was careful to acknowledge that it's their perception to your response that is key here. You may be handling things calmly in your own mind, but it's not what you think that counts. It's what they perceive because their perception is their reality and they will be less likely to come to you if you prove to be the parent who in their minds is going to freak out and come down on them when they do. The answer here is to respond with acknowledgement of the situation, acknowledge their feelings, and to do it calmly. Take a breath if you need to. You can even repeat their words back to them in an effort to make sure you understand what they're telling you. But watch your tone and keep your own emotions in check. Let them know that you get what they are experiencing and sharing with you is frustrating, difficult, irritating, or whatever emotion it is they're expressing. You know, they might be expressing frustration, but they aren't actually able to find the word frustrated to be able to describe it. So you could say something to your kids like, well, that seems frustrating, or that sounds like it was difficult. And those phrases can go a long way in reassuring them that they are in a safe space with a safe person and that they're okay to keep talking and keep sharing. Second, you need to know when to respond and when to simply listen. Now, I actually have an entire video training on this concept where I share what transformed my relationships with my kids when they were in their tweens and teens, especially, and it's exactly this. You know, fixing what is wrong is embedded deeply within a parent's DNA. And often we are incredibly gifted problem solvers and we're experienced. I mean, why would our kids not want to tap into our vast skill set? Why did they even come to us with their situation anyway if they didn't want our help, right? Well, that's actually wrong. They came to us because we are their safe space, not because they necessarily wanted us to solve anything. In fact, they might have already solved their own problem and are simply sharing the experience with us after the fact and looking for reassurance. But then we jump in and talk about what we've done would do, have done in the past, what they should have done, what they didn't do. And bottom line is we just take all the wind right out of their sails. Part of being a safe space is being a parent who listens first and seeks to understand before we try to dazzle our kids with all of our wonderful solutions. And third, we need to culture a team mentality. I've also spoken about this before. It's not the parent versus the kid when it comes to tackling issues. It's the parent and the child working together against the issue. Never let your kids wonder whose side you're on. You're on their side 
and you're on the same team. You always have been and you always will be. There's nothing they can do that gets them kicked off the team. And I know that the issues we're talking about might go from my brother took my favorite toy when they were really little to, well, my friend didn't save me a seat at lunch when they're in their tweens and early teens to, I know someone who's really struggling at school when they're in their teens. And, you know, sometimes that someone could be themselves they're talking about. And you know, the issues don't stop there. There's even more issues that they tackle as they transition into adulthood. The process is the same. The process is, what can we do to try to solve this? And that mom in the car at the middle school with the daughter, well, you probably guessed that that was me. And I said all the wrong things at first. I ended up alienating my own daughter for a while until I could figure this all out. And it wasn't my daughter who needed to change. Because she was simply a teenage girl trying to grow up and develop and navigate through this world that we live in. It was me who needed to grow as a parent and develop some new skills and tools. She knew I was her safe space before I did. But once I figured that out... Wow, what sacred ground that turned out to be for me and can be for you too. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rockstar Parent Podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing the link with your friends. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast as well, so you'll be the first to get notified as soon as new episodes are published. I'm just a girl who was ready to start her family, so I got pregnant and had a baby. But what I learned as I raised my own kids, that is the secret to becoming the parent I dreamed I could be and is exactly what I'm sharing with you. Let's rock this parenting thing together.